0: All right, we're recording now. Okay, so here's the deal we're doing. I've been doing these weekly check-ins with some of my podcasting friends. And um, I'm getting a little crazy today because I've been trying to keep these groups to four, counting me, but we're going five this week. And the reason is I wanted to bring on a bunch of our friends who I know that have started podcasts fairly recently. I think everybody but one here started in the last year. And so I thought it would be really interesting to find out in this day and age when podcasts are becoming more and more popular all the time, um, what motivates people to start them? Why? What angle are they going for? um, What are their hopes? What's hard? What's different than they expected? Those kinds of things. So I'm going to introduce everybody to four of my good friends and their podcasts. And hopefully you hear some things you like. And as usual, this is just going to, when we're done talking, I'm going to hit stop and I'm going to post it a few minutes later. Alex Alt, let's start with you of the Sly right. Dog Music pa- Music Cast.
1: Yep. Yeah, my name is Alex Alt. I host the Sly Dog Music Cast. I've been doing this about uh, three years now. I'm a. Oh, music- are you
0: three years? Yeah, I'm three years oh, wow. in now. I thought it was about a year and a half. Okay, my bad. No, You're the no, veteran around here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, mean, <laughs> well I, I
1: will say uh, compared to like some other podcasters like i don't post quite as frequently so it might seem like that uh yeah i kind of post on a monthly basis uh i'm a inter- music interview and discussion podcast and the podcast like what i initially started out wanting to do and i'm doing now has kind of changed over time like i when i started i really thought Like, I wanted to kind of bridge the gap between, I like a lot of older music, like I was talking about before we started the call, I love the Cars and Sticks and bands like that, but I also love newer bands, like I feel like there's a lot of great newer rock bands out there, like Neck Deep and The Struts, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to bridge those two worlds, I wanted to interview both types of artists on the podcast and see if I can get like kind of the fans to cross like kind of cross streams, the older fans listen to the new stuff and the new fans listen to the old stuff. Like that was kind of my initial goal. But it turns out it's not quite as easy to get interviews uh, as I thought it would be. John, I'm frankly amazed how you do it sometimes. You got Dennis Young this year and I've been trying for two years and I still can't get his manager to like follow <laughs> up with me again. So uh, but. Yeah, so that was kind of my initial goal. When that didn't happen, I I kind of had all this equipment, so I'm like, well, I'm just going to talk about music because yeah. I like music. That's what I love. So I started doing that with like people, people like you, John, people like Craig Smith, and it's been a lot of fun. Lot of fun just getting on here and getting to get out my passion for music and talk sure. about it. And the, as well as uh, it's opened a few doors. I've talked to some uh, some artists so far. I got to talk to Jim Peterick, which was a blast. I've interviewed him twice now. I interviewed. I just interviewed Steve Overland of FM. And Groundbreaker, that was a lot of fun to do as well. So I've gotten some interviews in, but it's kind of become more of a music discussion thing. I'm trying more and more to get more interviews for the show. But as I said,
0: it's not easy, but I'm going to keep trying. I, I'm, I'm plugging away at it. Yeah. I'm so, it's so interesting to me that you had Steve from FM on recently because I just discovered them in the last few months and I love what I've heard. And I have him, I keep a list here next to my, on my desk of all the bands that I'm either going to reach out to or in various stages of scheduling with and he's on there and you beat me to him so i um Mm -hmm. uh, i'm suddenly really into fm i'm gonna come to that one too okay i'm gonna pop over to mike wiles because i think his podcast is most closely associated with yours you guys do something similar mike tell us about yours he might be frozen out okay we'll skip over mike hopefully he can come back in All right. Well, then, Nick. Bam. bam. Oh, first of all, Alex, how old are you? I'm 28 years old. I just turned 28. That's crazy. One of the things I love about Alex is how his breadth of music knowledge is so deep. And he listens to everything. And I love that. Speaking of people who listen to everything, Nick, tell us about you. How old are you, first of all?
2: I'm actually 31, but I'm going to be 32 in a few days. Oh, Oh,
0: nice. 32nd. Okay. Okay, good.
2: Uh, so my podcast is Rock and Retrospect. So my podcast, how I think of it as is you have two friends that meet in a bar or a coffee house, and we just talk about an artist that that person admires, right? Because I think that's the best conversations I've had with my music friends is who do they like? And, and I learn from them. And I think that's how we become better music listeners. And we appreciate maybe artists and genres that we take for granted. So, rock of retrospect, John was actually the second guest and I was so happy to get John on the show because I was nervous to John. I was like, he has the hustle, he does an amazing job. And I was like, maybe John will say yes. And he said yes, and then I was like, okay, amazing. And yeah, it was just amazing how you ask people and they almost always say yes, it seems like, knock on wood. And um, yeah, it's just been a wild ride.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. First and foremost, I'm a podcast whore, as you should know. And anytime anyone (laughs) wants to invite me on their show to talk either about music or myself, which three of you are guilty of doing, I am there. It is not that hard. And especially if I'm going to talk about a band I love, like in your case, it was Duran Duran. In Alex's case, it was Joe Jackson. So um, now your I don't know if you said this specifically just now but my take on your podcast is we're talking about people who you think you're bringing on thoughtful music people to talk about why someone they love deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Not the whole thing per se that's okay. like part of it but it's like mine is more of like an educational event because I'm an educator so for me it's kind of like learning more about these people's lives their careers and really their impact on music and like culture and society. And I think that part of it is on the rock and roll fame, because that is kind of where my writing focuses on. But when they had the 2021 induction announcement back in May, I kind of became disenchanted with the conversations and the rhetoric. And I had to think to myself, why am I interested in music? And it's because it's the conversations you have with other people. And that's really what helped me get the podcast Mm -hmm. um, or at least its creation and I asked like podcast hosts, music journalists, historians and people like that.
0: I really like all the people that you bring on because they're uh, they obviously approach all of this very academically and so um, it's not just yahoos like me talking about why they like Duran Duran, it's really thoughtful intelligent people making very academic arguments as to why somebody matters, Sometimes they're not that uh, academic. If it's Murray talking about cake, but still, it's enjoyable, you know. <laughs> so anyway, okay, good, uh, Mike. Now that you seem to have your uh, audio figured out, let's talk. Let's introduce you real quick. Tell well, us thank you. To-
3: I'm sorry, my had a little camera issue. I had to go switch cameras. So okay. anyway, um, yeah. So uh, mine is Retro Rock Roundup. Um, I've been doing just a little over, me a year. Next week um and I do it with my son who's 18 19 now um and he's a classic rock fan of course I am a huge classic rock fan for years and so we initially started to do it just to do it uh we started about four years ago just playing around with it and then we stopped we just didn't enough effort into it and then after i started listening to pat francis's and yours and started playing name that tune i said i got to do this so pat kind of helped me get this launched and what products and equipment to have and where to load it we got it up on libsyn and we started a year ago and again we were going to do i think kind of like alex originally we're doing material just talking about you know pull up an album we're going to talk about it you know and then we started getting you know, we got some guy getting some requests from PR people to do interviews. Uh, first one to shock the hell out of me was John Waite when this guy sent me a thing.
0: I'm like, shock the hell out of all of us. How yeah. is this new guy with his new podcast talking to John Waite? Took me yeah. years <laughs> to make that happen. I but I got the email I sent
3: wow. it, and yeah. I screamed at it. I said, Is this a phony thing? Is this a scam? You know, he goes, No, that's the guy I talked to. Um, but what and we, you know, we're. Big on classic rock, though. My son, that's eighteen, Jeremy, is very into. He finds new bands all the time. But what I think I've really found about what the really rewarding thing this year is, is we've discovered a lot of new bands that sound like classic rock. Um, and I've told the story a hundred times, but I'm you know we we're about a month into it. I'm driving to work one day, and there's a guy holding a sign on a snowy day in the corner, busy corner, and says, "Listen to Primal Moon Music," on a billboard. On Spotify and iTunes, and I pulled this up. Like, oh, I got to listen to this now. I got to figure with the and they're awesome. They've been on our podcast twice now, three times, twice, and they've actually wrote our theme song. And they're a really heavy, kind of a heavy rock blues band. They're excellent. They're all in their early twenties, and they're amazing. And they've been on a couple times. You, know, we, you found them like they were homeless people on the side of the road? <laughs> I was waving a sign, and apparently that's what he does to market the band. He goes out, the lead singer goes out and goes all over Chicagoland and sign waves. And he says what it's done is that it's increased their Google ratings. It's moved up their Google ratings because people go and Google them while they're driving. Mm. And, that's crazy. Okay. Um, and they wrote our theme song, you know. And so we've done a mixture of, you know, Classic rock artists, which we've gotten some, you know, people we you know, we had Mark Farner from grand funk. We've had a job, Doug, uh, Cosmo Clifford from CCR. And then we, you know, and I'm in sales. I'm a kitchen designer right in sales. So I'm used to going out and just asking anybody. And if you get the no, you get the no, you know, I'm used to getting, you know, a lot of people say no. Yeah. So I, to me, it's kind of fun and adventurous to go send out a few emails and see what you get back.
0: Okay. Interesting. By the way, Mike, your audio is really hot really loud is there a way to turn it down a little bit i'm sorry that's okay i don't i don't care i'm wondering if listeners will care i have no idea and since we're not going to fix anything in post i just thought i'd mention it
3: Um, okay
0: that's okay no problem all right patrick you uh your podcast is the most unique to me so i have a (laughs) lot of questions for you but go ahead tell us about yours
4: all right my podcast is uh, eetf podcast everything except the football it's an inside joke that title it doesn't mean anything specifically um it's mostly a uh, getting to know you format an interview format with some weird questions at the end uh i've been doing this since november of last year i think i've i had already been doing a few podcasts um soccer podcasts mostly in with my uh, with uh, some uh, friends in uh, germany And um, I've been, yeah, dabbling uh, in this uh, media. And as we kept playing Name That Tune during lockdown, I realized, hey, this is a really interesting bunch of people we got here. And I started, you know, interviewing them, uh, you among them and uh and yeah you mentioned a few minutes ago that you were able to talk about music with uh, Nick and uh, Alex and with me you got to talk about yourself so everybody wins <laughs> it was wild it was wild all 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 boxes are checked
0: yes that's right uh,
4: and um so yeah that's it uh, okay
0: yeah. it's funny none of you here i thought at least 3 of you had started in the last 12 months but Everybody started slightly outside of that. It just shows that time is slightly out of it. What about you, Nick?
2: Mine started like five months
0: ago. It did. did it really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was. Cr- I th- maybe I'm. Okay. I didn't think I was that crazy. It felt okay. like three years though. Well, twenty twenty one's been pretty fucking long, So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. uh, it that's it shocks me that uh, how time is so elastic like that. So Patrick, I'm I want to start with you with some questions because. First of all, I think you are such and I told you this, I think you're such a fantastic interviewer. You ask such interesting <laughs> questions. I'm so jealous of most of them. I want to I want to steal them all from you and incorporate them into my own interviewing
4: style. I don't have a copyright, so please <laughs> go well,
0: ahead. <laughs> I want to, I, you I want you to do your thing. So here's the deal. For anyone who doesn't know, for the last year and a half ever since lockdown, a group of people have been playing Uh, name that tune every Saturday on zoom and it's about uh, 25 30 different people they don't all show up every week but that's about how many it is and I got invited to come and I I can't play all the time I play maybe about once a month because there's usually stuff going on and you're right Patrick every time I'm there I'm like what is all these people have a story who are all these people I'm here. I am playing with them a couple for a couple hours every Saturday. And I know their names from social media and from rock solid and everything like that, but what is, what's really going on with them? And so I love that you do this podcast because it, it answers those questions for me, but I have to, I have to be honest. I wonder sometimes like, does the rest of the world care about what John Lamoureux does for a living or Kevin Hartbarger Or Carly, are these people that we know because we we interact with them, but do other people care about this? And so when I'm wondering for your sake, like, what's the end game of EETF?
4: Uh, That's a good question. And maybe I painted myself into a corner by starting that way, this way, but... uh... Uh, over the few i'm um, uh, we are at episode 32 now um over these episodes i've jumped in outside the box a couple of times for example i had a, a euro um, soccer tournament final preview with uh, mike uh, drew mm-hmm. and uh, i um i had i uh, did a few in- uh, interviews over in um, uh, in berlin uh, last september mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's mostly about uh, uh, how can i say uh this will probably evolve over something else uh, over the next few months maybe but i still have a bunch of people i want to you know interview getting to know them but still um basically what you're saying is not wrong uh i know that not many people care about uh, you know what i do and who i am <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it, it is a small circle and that's fine uh, but um, I I don't know maybe maybe over time it will grow organically as I you know yeah. uh, you know jump Involved. from yeah from, from yeah. one topic to another sometimes yeah. it will be movies sometimes yeah. it will be travel you know
0: yeah that's um, one of the, and I'm glad you said that because I've wondered the same thing like I said I love every episode you've put out because they're all people I sort of know and um, but I am curious I for instance when my wife and i went to poland a couple of months ago on vacation Mm -hmm. you were the first person i reached out to because i knew you were well traveled and i thought i want to know what patrick thinks we should do and so hearing you talk about other things that you're passionate about whether it's football or traveling or movies or whatever um, that's the part that i think we all hope for is that we we put ourselves out there with these podcasts and we hope I, i i'm speaking for myself and i assume i'm speaking for you guys too We just want to feel like we're connecting with somebody somebody out there thinks that this is interesting and it doesn't have to be that they think i'm interesting but they think the topic is interesting or they think the guest is interesting or whatever if they if they like me that's great too but and um you just want to feel like you're connecting and so that's why i started a podcast i assume that's why a lot of you guys did too right Alex. Yeah, what I think,
3: oh, go yeah, ahead, Mike. Yeah, I went to about Pat, you did pick a good target audience, because yeah. I find that your, your questions are interesting. But I tell you what, and I don't know if this is just organic or how this all came about, but those 25 to 30 people, I think are, we are like an amazing group of such a variety of personalities, people, different backgrounds, and really, honestly, 25 of the nicest people, 35 to 30 of 30 the nicest people you want to know. I mean, there's no radical people, there's no troublemakers, everybody just is really nice and respectful, and they all have different backgrounds, yet we've all come together from all over the world, and that's just the amazing part, and we get along and have fun every Saturday. Yeah. Uh,
0: Patrick, before we're done talking, remind me, I've thought of a new answer to what I would say if I went back in time and met my 15-year-old self or whatever the question was. What were you going to say? Just
4: now. Um yeah I want to apologize to you Mike because I remember when you mispronounced uh, the the city of Toulouse in France I remember, <laughs> giving, I remember giving you shit for it. That's and good, I, no, I mean, That's just, funny, though. I mean, still to this day, I, 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 I think, Angie, oh, I, I went a little hard. No. <laughs> but here's
2: the thing, though. That's the beauty of Name That Tune is we all give each other shit in different ways, <laughs> but we all like each other. But you know what I mean? That's it's, what kind yeah. of works with that because it's never mean spirited. No. 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 I
1: think
0: I need in on this game because this sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah, Alex, you'd fit in well, I think. You would, you would. So, Alex, let me ask you, when you um, started... sorry, please, Patrick, yeah.
4: I just have one small question to you guys. Um, You you mentioned um, enjoying the interviews with other Name That Tune players. I wanted to have your honest opinion about the uh, non-Name That Tune uh, guests on the the podcast. What, What did you think?
0: That's um, that's interesting that you would ask that. Okay, so I'll be honest, I haven't listened to the ones about football or anything because I don't pay attention to football. Okay. So, and this is the crux, Patrick, of a lot of us for a lot of us, is that if our guest is somebody that people don't know, are they going do they think enough about us and our product that they're going to listen to that anyway? And I mean, I I struggle with that too when I have somebody who's a little too obscure on my podcast the downloads are usually a lot lower. So um, I'm curious what other people think about this because my only advice is really, who cares? Just do whatever you wanna do. But that leads to a bigger, broader conversation about expectations, which I'm gonna Mm -hmm. get to next. So go ahead and and, uh, I'm curious what other people think about what Patrick asked. Well, I think that
3: I've had some guests that maybe, like you said, John, they're more obscure. You know like and i love and i love and i love a lot of different types of music and i'll go deep into things like one hit wonder bands and i had you know the guy from sniffing the tears which i've actually got oh, a record wow. number of um record uh, mike or paul roberts and i got a record number of downloads on him like it like people like i mean i like that stuff but i didn't know how many people knew driver's seat you know but i like, guess doubled what i thought a couple of other more popular ones were he's actually. Past, uh, because had Bev Bevan on from ELO, he's actually had more downloads than Bev Bevan. Wow. And like, how does that, you know, but it, it, I think it's just you, you, if you have a wide variety of things, you're going to hit a wide variety of people. And sometimes I've had friends of mine that I've sent things to, you know, episodes to, they're like, wow, he really has a lot of other good music. And I think that's one of the things, John, I think I've gotten from your podcast is you've got some obscure, more obscure people now and then. But when I listened to it, I'm like, wow, I really like this album he's put out, even though he was as popular back in the 70s or the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's a really powerful thing that we're doing in our podcast. Is we're bringing that music hope to so. a different audience. Hope so. Um,
0: I mean, that's the hope is that when you're talking to these people, that you're inciting some kind of action that people who, like you said, Mike, they hear a song they like, they're going to, they have to put in the effort to go find it. You know, you've got to, Now, it's easier nowadays. You can just stream it on your phone or whatever instead of going to the record store and buying it. But you hope that it incites some kind of action. Um, I want to pick up on the idea of expectations. And Alex, let's talk to you. Mm -hmm. When you start your... Let me ask the question this way. Have your expectations for your podcast changed between now and went back when you started?
1: Yes. Um, I would say just in terms of how easy it would be to get guests. I kind of figured at the time it was like, I just if I email the right press people, like like they'll give me a yes, and it maybe will maybe they won't be long form interviews, or they'll be short ones where we just talk about the new record. But it would be something, and that's just not the case. Like it, it's a lot harder than than I thought, and I was shooting very high at the beginning. and I still do to an extent because kind of like you said, just do it, do what makes you happy, and if it doesn't work out, oh well. Uh, I, I just you know I, I put out an, an, a request to get Brian Setzer. I, that's probably way out of my league, but I would love to have him on. Uh, now now I just kind of like if I get if I get them that's great I've got I know I can talk to them I know I've got a uh, good set of good set of knowledge on, on the subject I'm going to talk about so now I just kind of expect expect going into it like I'm, I'm probably gonna probably like well if I do someone more known like Jim Peterick uh th- that's gonna do decent but sometimes when I do some of these newer band newer melodic rock bands like Blood Red Saints or Crush uh, I know the, the listens on those are going to be pretty low or the, or if they do take off, they'll take off over time. Yeah, But yeah, my expectations definitely have, have changed over time, but I'm happy with like the like the little like chunk of listenership I've
0: got. So yeah. yeah Good. I, I just got to keep working towards getting it up. Nick, what about you? When you started, what were your expectations?
2: My expectations were to ask people that I thought would be not only knowledgeable but would give a good conversation so like people that i know that are because you could be really really into music right but if you're not a good talker it's kind of hard to do that sometimes or so like when i was starting to pick guests and mostly friends and people i know i i like either closely or outside of it like i try to like get people who I know would talk about the topic or whatever artist that they want in a very good manner and it's really hard sometimes to know because sometimes when you're interviewing someone you're like oh this is going way better than I thought and then sometimes when you do an episode and I know all four of you guys have had the same feeling oh my god this is gonna be a huge editing job and and it's like you think like a. hour and a half episode will take like three hours and it takes like six or more because you're, <laughs> cause I'm a perfectionist at heart. Like I want everything to be the best that it can be. And something that I've learned over time is it's okay. You can't cover everything and you have to have to adjust to what other people want. And if it's not perfect, that's fine. Like you could always go back and talk about that or, you know, later on or do whatever, yeah. but you have to evolve and
0: adapt. So let me ask you this, would you, would you still do the podcast if 10 people listen to it every week? Yes,
2: because it's 10 people who obviously care about the podcast. Like we, it's so weird because some of the episodes, like, I don't know about everyone else, but like they're slow burns. Like sometimes like you get like very little to begin and then out of nowhere, you'll see like a surge for like, let's say. Well, John's is the most downloaded by a mile. Like, because the Durrannies don't play. They don't play. <laughs> they love their Durrannies. No, but like Judy Sill, for example, that was an episode that it was very slow. And then like now it's like continuously getting a lot of downloads. And, you know, I don't yeah. know. I I wonder how people discover the podcast. That's always how I think so, it. Because of course, yeah. in our circle of friends, people will probably listen to it or more inclined to, or people I know. But I'm always curious how people find it beyond that. Like yeah. is it on social media? Is it on Spotify or Apple podcasts? That's always my curiosity.
0: Yeah. I wonder that too. What about you, Patrick? Oh, oh Michael. You have... Yeah, please.
3: Real quick. Um, actually, I read a funny story about that, uh, Nick. I found rock solid, which led me to yours and a lot of other ones because I, I had Spotify I used to listen, well, I still now once in a while. The Rolling Stone magazine has a podcast and it has a yellow thing. And I hit rock solid instead of Rolling Stone one time when I was driving. <laughs> I gotta hit it. I was getting in my car and I started listening to Rock Solid. And so it's funny because I, I found Rock Solid on accident.
0: Wow. And then I loved every episode
3: going back, you know, and then I found yours and we've done the name that tune. Yeah. And, you know. But I mean it's funny. I found mine on Spotify, but I hit really Pats by accident. But it really That's got me. Wild.
0: Yes. That's wild. So, Patrick, what about your expectations? When you, by the way, my wife's doing the laundry behind me. Is it loud? Can you guys hear no, it? That's
4: okay. No, okay. not at all. All good. All
0: right. The no whole problem. world is going to hear this in about two hours. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Patrick, what are what are your expectations? Uh, same uh... question. And uh, let me get right to the point. If ten people a week downloaded your podcast, is it worth all worth all the trouble and to do it?
4: Well, it's not that far from the actual numbers. <laughs> but, <okay. laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, I'm joking um, honestly if i if I had if I had ten, um, I would keep doing it, but I would do it differently. I would do it in a way that would require less editing. Mm. Uh, the episodes would be shorter, but I, I I honestly think I would keep doing it.
0: Okay. Yeah. What about you, Mike?
4: Um, i think i would and i
3: again we did it for fun that's how we would really it's kind of i'm a music buff I, I love listening to albums and reading liner notes and talking about it and my son does and so we decided to do it together to have fun with this you know and we didn't have big expectations we, it's grown and we've really enjoyed that and got a long way to go but i think that uh, i would still do it with five listeners Okay, know.
0: Yeah, that's the tough part. So when I, I can only speak for myself. When I started this, we're coming up on seven years ago, almost. Um, I it's, I knew better than to get ahead of myself. I saw it at first, I'll be honest, almost like, uh, like you're a band and you're sending out a demo tape, you know, and you hope yeah. that someone discovers your band and they like it and they sign you and you can be, a, you know, a professional musician and i knew that that probably wasn't going to happen for podcasts cuz i didn't know what that system would even look like people don't get discovered but i did wonder i thought it would grow a lot quicker than it did my i'll be honest i hate talking about numbers on here because i don't know for me it's a bit like being it just makes me feel too naked but i'll 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 confess something here when i very first started my goal was i wanted every episode no matter what guest and whether they promoted it themselves every episode to be downloaded a thousand times in the first week <laughs> that's what i thought that yeah. that seemed like let's wow. see well that okay so that seemed like a really reasonable goal what were you going to say patrick
4: yeah i, wa- I was going to say if i had those kinds of numbers I would sprain my ankle doing backflips <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's okay. So you guys are feeling me on this because that seemed reasonable to me. I thought, well, I would imagine Rock Solid probably does something like that. Decibel Geek probably does something like that. A lot of the other podcasts that I listen to, I assume they've found a community that's at least a thousand people that downloads their episode every week, no matter who the guest is. Little did I know that we didn't start achieving that until this year, this summer, just in the last few months. Now, having said that, we average about 1,500 listeners. Some, some, uh, Some episodes take off and go viral, and I have no idea why. Some of them underperform, and I have no idea why on those either. You never know. But yeah. um, we didn't hit that goal that I set six and a half years ago, thinking it would be easy until just in the last few months this year. And so I've had to tinker with this idea of expectations like every step of the way, because it, sometimes it doesn't feel like it grows fast enough. Sometimes I question myself, well, what does growth even mean? If, if I have thousands of listeners, how does that change my day to day? I'm still, it's still not going to be my job. I'm still not going to be able to interview Bono, probably, you know? Right. So what what am I even here for? Uh, What's the difference between having 100 listeners and having 5,000 listeners? Probably not a lot to my day-to-day routine. You know what I mean? So anyway, it's uh, the idea of expectations and numbers and what you hope and what reality is, is a very... For me, it's something that has changed and I've had to evolve with it every day basically since I started.
4: It also depends if you want to monetize it. Yeah. That's that's, that's the other thing, factor,
0: too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will say, Hit. I will say, if, oh, go sorry. ahead, I was, Alex. I was going to say, for me, like,
1: someone once asked me why I do this, and I came to the conclusion that part of the reason I do this is I do it for selfish reasons and that I have an insatiable need to talk about music. Mm-hmm. So, Even, Mm -hmm. even though like what I love my numbers to be a thousand a week. Oh yeah. I would love that. That'd be great for my ego. But, uh, I, even even with the little chunk of listeners I get, I'm happy, I'm happy with it. And if it was even lower, I'd still be happy with it because like the recording of the episode is my favorite part of actually doing it. And then I put it out in the world and I hope other people enjoy the conversation that I've had as well. Yeah. So so I guess my expectations like like yours have adjusted over time. Yes. But part of it is just this insatiable, selfish need to talk
0: about music. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Nick, what were you gonna say?
2: I was gonna say I think it's more of the listeners who are engaging with us, right? Who send us emails to engage with us on social media on direct messages. I think that's the listeners that keep us going in a weird yeah, way, right? Yeah. especially on your feed, John, it, it gets very like awe-inspiring to see like how many people will comment on your posts. And mm-hmm. I think like that's part of, I think why we keep doing what we do. Cause we hear from our listeners or people are interested in that topic. And it's always great to hear them. So even if it's five listeners, or five hundred, or five thousand, it's still, you know, yeah, you're hearing from your your
0: your listenership. I I, thank you for saying that, uh, Nick. I have. It's funny. I I take it for granted sometimes because it doesn't always feel this way to me. But when I compare myself which I shouldn't do. Comparison is the thief of joy that I think about that quote every day since starting a podcast, because it is so tempting to compare yourself to all the other podcasts out there and the guests they get and the numbers they get and the community they've built and just feel stupid about yourself. But I recognize that we've been lucky enough to build up a little bit of our, of a community. You know, I feel like rock solid has its community, stuck in the 80s, has its community. We have a little bit of ours. It's not quite the same, but it's we got one. And you're right. There are a bunch of, thankfully, really wonderful people out there who comment on our posts and who interact with us. Mike, what were you going to say?
3: Well, and I think you're right. And we, I think the uh, expectation thing, I think my biggest uh, expectation that to- didn't live up to it as the patreon subscribers mm-hmm. you know <laughs> we put a plan together like, oh we're gonna have people are gonna sign up and yeah we've got five but yeah. you know it, it, it's fine and it's wonderful you know and we keep working at it and you know you dream you know but I, I didn't do it to make my like you said I didn't do it for my job I have a job you know I mm-hmm. I do it and like Nick and i are talking about making the episodes or alex are taking making the ex- episodes is fun and doing the interviews I tell you what and I don't care how obscure they are, but you know, when you do an interview with a with an artist, and to me that's the biggest thrill out of this. You're talking to somebody that's yeah. been there. You know, you, I don't care who it is. And then you know, you get done with them, you're like, wow, we just talked wow. to them, and they were so nice mm-hmm. and so down. And that's when I realized, I think yeah. it's a the pandemic with Zoom, is how laid back when you talk to people on Zoom, how laid back they are. You see them in their house, and you feel really close with them. And that is the biggest. Real of
1: it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. Like, I, I still pinch myself. I've talked to Jim Peterick not once but twice. The guy that mm-hmm. helped write all these incredible Survivor songs. I've talked to him twice, and like he remembered me the, sec- the second time, and he was happy to see me, and and that just made me felt great. Or like even like Billy Sherwood of yes, like he, he was just a dude, and we both kind of ended up be- just being fans at the end of the episode talking about music. So it's little things like that. It it really is
0: great. Yeah. Um, Patrick, what about you? Do you have a, um, within reason let's, let's go around who would be, who's a dream interview within reason. I jokingly mentioned Bono a minute ago. I know that I would not interview Bono, but there are people that I I've always wanted that I've never quite gotten. Who would be an interview, a a dream one for you?
4: That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure I could give you an answer right now. Really? Because I mean, I when I started, I was really thrilled to have both Murray and Pat as mm-hmm. guests. Mm-hmm. That was uh, I thought it was really nice of them uh, because I was like a complete nobody. Yeah. I still am, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was um, in Berlin, I, there were two people that I really wanted to interview. It didn't happen this time, but maybe next year. Okay. Uh, but uh, right are they now,
0: footballers? Are they friends? Who are they? Uh,
4: they are. You don't have to
0: give the names if you don't want to. I'm no, just curious uh, where they fall. Uh,
4: both are writers and um, like f- they live in Berlin. They've been living in Berlin for a long time and they are focused on the city and they um, they have um, uh, travel blogs uh, mm. focused on Berlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, you know, that's my favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know?
0: Yeah. I'm not and surprised. Actually,
4: uh, and one of my the one of guests I was really happy to get was the latest episode. It was a uh, Kieran Fahey, a journalist with the Associated Press. Uh, he's correct. Irish and uh, been living in Berlin for uh, uh, 12 years, I think, or 13 years. And it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it.
0: I wonder if the focus of your podcast is already starting to evolve. And just by, because of having been a guest on and knowing what questions you ask, it's about expanding really your worldview, I think, and understanding other people. You talk about travel and focusing on travel, um, but it's more than that. It's about, I feel like your questions are so good at getting into the heart of what makes us who we are and building blocks in our lives that help create us, our thoughts and our feelings about where we are in our lives. And I think you can expand that into where we're going to and maybe travel is one piece of that. But you're so good at what you do, Patrick, that I'm anxious <laughs> to hear you here, where this goes, thank you. So well, that you interview.
4: Actually, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, I've been. But you, you're, what you're saying is absolutely true. One aspect that's been maybe um, fascinating me more and more is how um, how you got how we got there. How uh-huh. you got uh, where you are right now at your current job. Uh, you know the the sliding doors.
0: Mm-hmm. You know.
4: Uh, yeah, and that's one of my questions. Yes. You know, and that's for a reason. Uh, yeah, we all
0: we all do that, and um, I think those are universally interesting questions, whether you're interviewing somebody I play name that tune with or not. I just think it's we all deal with those things. So before I forget, I'm going to answer this question, and then we'll move on. Um, so Patrick asked, uh, he, he asks when he interviews people if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, fifteen, 15 year old, fifteen year old self. Yeah what would you tell yourself
4: in 10 seconds?
0: seconds, That's right. And I remember my answer at the time was kiss all the girls. And I know that sounds a little lechery. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it just kiss all the girls, like make out with them, but just don't be afraid, you know, just step up to the plate. If you're on that date, if you're taking that chance, whatever it is. And I thought if I worded it that way to my 15 year old self, that might speak to me. I feel like, Something that's been hitting me lately is I think maybe we all do to some degree. If I went back and talked to my 15 year old self, it would be something like, You aren't special, so work, learn to work hard. I think because I think we all kind of grow up thinking we've got this thing. I knew I was taller than everybody else, and so I thought I'll probably play professional basketball. I just probably will. And it won't take a bunch of, it's not going to take a bunch of hard work because I'm already so tall and I play and I'm better than all my friends. So it'll just happen. I think you just think the world is going to work out. And in some ways it does. I mean, it worked. I have a great life. It's just not the life that I thought I would, I was going to shoot for. It happened in spite of that. And I think if, maybe if I had come, if I had realized that it wasn't all going to fall into place and that I was gonna to have to learn to work really hard if I wanted to achieve something, would I have approached my life differently? So anyway, that's my new answer to that question, Patrick.
4: Good. Thank you. I mean, you. the previous answer was equally good, but this well, is good you. as well. I like this one a little better.
0: It's a little less <laughs> okay. lechy. Um, so anyway, um, okay, Nick, let's go to you. I'm curious how you actually started your podcast. You've had, you probably had the idea for a while. I would love to talk to people. Were there stumbling blocks you had to overcome? Were there, what were some of your concerns going into starting a podcast? Um,
2: I think the biggest thing was securing guests. I think you re- putting yourself out there, like Mike was saying before, and shooting for the stars and saying, I hope that this person would want to talk to me for an hour, two hours, or whatever. That is very hard for some people. And I think, you know, knock on what no one's rejected me yet, but it's always like, you know, it's like you're asking someone on a date almost. You're like, are, do you want to uh, do that? And it's hard. And sometimes, um, it's not always easy. I think the other part of the podcast that's really interesting is the editing. And I know Patrick, for example, also edits himself. And I'll tell you guys, um, it is a lot of work. You have to like, listen to your voice. And sometimes, you know, I, and I and I was used to that with my job because I'm a librarian and I do recordings and I teach classes and all that stuff. So I always am used to hear my voice, but sometimes after a while you're like, okay, I don't want to hear my voice. But then when you're, recording and editing, in the editing process, you're basically like, okay, it's just another voice. Like, I don't even know who that guy is, mm. but I know it's me. So it's almost like you tune yourself out and then, you know, you do that. But working with the editing, at least for the first episode or two, it was challenging and you didn't know what to edit, what to take out. And you kind of build this rhythm, right? And where you're like, okay, like let it play and edit this, and it doesn't have to be perfect, but I've gotten so comfortable with it that I could do it in one sit-in now, or at least one afternoon, as opposed to like many hours. One
4: week. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I know. Like when some people that have podcasts, they tell me how much time they edit. I'm like, oh no, I would, I would go crazy if I heard my voice like for that many hours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mike, what about you? My, because I'm curious about you specifically, because my understanding, and I could be way off, was that, I, I was under the impression that when you started the podcast, you and Jeremy, your son, it was lockdown, and it was something fun for you two to do together. And I remember, didn't he go off to college? And yeah. I remember thinking when Jeremy goes off to college, is that going to, how are they going to just do this over Zoom? Does that defeat the purpose of starting a podcast so that me and my son can do something fun together? How has it changed for you over this time?
3: Um, It actually worked out good. We do it over zoom. Now his schedule is busier with, with, you know, with classes and stuff. So there's a few I've done on my own. Um, The biggest challenge I have, and it was the biggest fear starting out is, and Jerry's been a big help. And now my other son has been a big help. I know the music inside and out, but I am technically challenged all the technical stuff the you know i the everything you need to know about editing and how you you know and pat helped with a lot of initial stuff but you know with the soundboard and things like that and that's big my biggest challenge if jeremy's not here how do i do all this stuff and and then my biggest fear was we'd record these things and then they would never get out because we would never get them edited and i'm just was stressed out about that a lot at first um, we've got a system now where so Jerry and I do the podcast together when we can or we'll do an episode together or an interview or whatever but my other son Josh who's a junior in high school is uh studying film and media and sound and so he has become our editor and uh we sit down together every week and go through and editing episodes and it's been fun for him and I um and he's taught me a lot and he's really a stickler he'll go through and Now i got to get to have this. And, you know, he knows. And he's learned a lot himself in the last month. He's learned a lot about doing it. And so that's relieved really been a lot of stress. But, yeah, Jerry going away to college, we knew it would be a bit of a challenge. But we know we can work something out. And he still enjoys doing it. And we enjoy getting together. Good. And when, or when he gets home for break.
0: So. Good. Alex, what do you wish you knew then about podcasting that you know now? lower your expectation on how easy it is to get guests <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah 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 and you won't be so disappointed when, when you've sent out like 10 emails and you you get like five no's and then just five silences on the other end uh but honestly i appreciate at least getting a, a, an acknowledgement that that would be the first thing i would tell myself and the other thing i would say just just breathe a little bit because i think so, and i sound more nervous in some of my earlier episodes than i do now um like like these people actually like want to talk to you. They're pretty cool. They're like, cause like, I remember like reaching out to like, you know, Craig and Eric at first, you know, being a pots and sods fan and just going Oh God, will even talk to me. And th- and they did. And then being like, even like, though I was like excited to do the shows with them, I'm sounding kind of nervous on those shows. And, you know, now we're friends and it's cool, but still at the time I would just tell myself, you know, don't worry about it. Everybody's just, you know, as much of a music nerd as you are and everybody's pretty cool. And, you know, no one's going to think you're weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: You're my hero. Thank you. Because you got <laughs> Jim Peterick on and I've gotten shut down twice. So ah. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna keep trying now, but no, good thank luck. You.
1: That's
3: really good. Um
1: You got you got Bev Vavon. That that is insane to me. Like that's that's huge.
3: That was a, a odd you know, it was just a yeah, I I, can, I guess we yeah, just weird things. Um that you know these weird things will come up that you know, I was shocked as heck. Um, and, and when you were talking, John, about people you'd like to interview, and I know I'd love to talk to someone from the Stones. So it ain't going to happen, you know. Uh, but those really maybe me mad. So I've got questions for, like, I, people you talk to, like, I've got questions for things I can talk about is Kevin Cronin from REO. Yeah. And, and I've nice. got the connection through Sticks. Their rep are also, they're all touring together soon, Sticks yeah. and REO. And but it's a different rep, but I talked to, Sticks rep, well, do you know this person? She goes, yeah, email her. And I just got shot down the other day, like, oh, you know, so it's just like, you know, doesn't like, yeah. I've got questions for them. i got things I could actually say yeah. right now that they would enjoy talking about,
0: I think, you know. Isn't Sticks know. rep Amanda?
3: Yes, she's great.
0: Yes. Someone, someone put me in touch with her. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. got yeah. Sticks and Doug Clifford and uh, oh, wow. she's very nice and easy to deal with. Yeah. I think I helped you get
0: Doug. That was Wendy Jones. That's
3: Wendy. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. It's
0: so funny to me that like we all kind of know a lot of these same publicists now, just from doing this. Like, and I'm just like here, like I got to
1: network better. Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> it, it all comes pretty soon. You'll get them though, and I'll help you. I had to help you. Um, Mark Farner is the only one that was the most difficult one. Really? Why? No, let me put it this way. Mark Farner was very nice he is so left field and he's so right wing Yes. and trying to, and trying to you know, not to have him you know jeremy was just like jerry couldn't jerry would because he's you know young and very liberal and was like oh my god just, you know, he was just but we played very nice and he's was a wonderful nice man yeah. but he's just very opinionated on things and i was trying to uh, i think you did on yours to steer around it and it yeah. was good
0: yeah that was i had the same same experience, and uh, I was prepared. I've heard him on other interviews, and he's a super nice, thoughtful guy. But he's in his own world, and I don't always relate to that world. And I was a little afraid that he would go there with me. He didn't quite, but um, still, it's we just don't have a lot in common. I don't like, like guns, and I'm was... not a so. right winger, so. Yeah. Me
1: no. That's it, I was going to say. Thankfully, I haven't had anyone pop up like that. The worst I had was chips enough. He called the pandemic a pandemic and that was the most like weird thing I've
3: Ooh. had
1: online. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Um oh boy, but, that's tough.
1: Yeah. But
3: you know, again, I have to respect what Mark did. I mean, you think, you know, some kind of wonderful and, you know, a uh, bad time and all the great stuff, you know, and he's a very knowledgeable person and we had he had good stories. Mm-hmm. It's just and again, everybody's a free it's a free country, you can talk about what you want. It's just trying to go around things that other people might really be offended by
0: yeah yeah um okay this is good i um it's funny all these stories it takes me back to when i first started i was talking with a friend of mine last night a buddy of mine does a youtube channel devoted to rivian the electric car there's an electric car called a rivian that's like a uh, suv Mm. and um he's on the list to get one And he puts out these YouTube videos answering a lot of questions about Rivian. And he, he started just this year, he started way after me, but he gets as many listeners as I do, because anyone uh, types in Rivian into the search in YouTube, they go, they find his videos and he's got thousands of listeners. Right. And we were talking last night about how his latest video was kind of underperforming. And he was like, I don't know if this is really worth it anymore and, it's like, man, you have no idea how, <laughs> how difficult it can be. And I was telling him, I remember when I very first started, like, for instance, our first guest, speaking of right-wingers, was uh, Bruce Blackman from Starbuck. And if I remember correctly, Starbuck had 5,000 Facebook likes. And my thinking was, OK, well, let's say he posts the, the interview on his Facebook page and 10% of those people listen. Well, and I thought that was a really conservative guess. 10%, that's hardly, okay, so that's 500 people. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Let's assume that 10% of those people subscribe and stick around. That's 50. Okay, well, then next week when we have another guest that, because I I started out on talking to a little bit more obscure artists. Now I still do that, but I've been able to get bigger guests now. So I do a little bit of both. But if the next week's guest also has five thousand Facebook likes or followers, and they post, and I get that ten percent, it will continue to grow over time. That's that sounded totally reasonable to me, and that's not in at all how it worked out. Not at all. And I've you know we've had people on who have millions of followers and fans and stuff like that. UB Forty has like one point one million listeners or or followers or something like that. And there some of these guests don't ever share it and their guests never find out. Some of them do and you might get an uptake of uptake of about 50 more lo- downloads than you would have otherwise. Maybe a little bit more, maybe not. It uh you just never really know with this kind of stuff. So let me ask you this. Let's go around the horn. Nick, how long are you going to do this?
2: As long as I can hopefully. I mean really? hopefully. I mean like, I think when you're doing a podcast, especially in the middle, you're thinking to yourself like, I just want to keep it going. As long as people keep listening, I think that you should at least continue trying. But I don't see any endgame inside. I mean, I'm actually working with a, this is actually some kind of breaking news. I'm actually trying to work with a platform to try to get onto their, the podcast to be on, on there to get advertised. So nice. hopefully it grows a little okay yeah.
0: Monetization. yeah monetization is going to be the next topic we touch on patrick what about you how long are you going to do this
4: it's a good question um i mean i, I i'm gonna sound like nick but as long as i find um something as long as i find it um um what's the word i'm looking for not not beneficial but like a, Constructive yeah, on a yeah. personal uh, mm-hmm. um, point of view, yeah. And uh, if it means uh, you know jumping topics or you know reinventing the podcast, eventually, that's that's what, that's what happens, and that's it. I mean, I don't see, uh, I don't see a clear uh, endpoint, uh, to be honest.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nick.
2: Actually, I'll, I'll I'll
4: add on to Patrick. My answer actually be when it stops
2: being fun. When when it stopped, when it stops becoming enjoyable and you're like thinking to yourself, okay, like it's more of a grind, like it's like work. And I don't know about you guys, it's really not work. I mean, it is work, but it doesn't feel like work a lot of the times, but once you're stop enjoying yourself, that's when you kind of say yourself, okay, I'm throwing in the towel or maybe post less or, you know.
0: Yeah. Mike, what about you? What's your end game?
3: I want to keep going. I love this. Um, I'm in my regular business I'm in the kitchen business and it's stressful. It's uh, busy, which you, I can't complain about, but it's, it's stressful and uh, this is my getaway from it. And this has always been my love is music. My wife goes, this is really what you meant, I think you meant to do, can't make any money at it. But I mean, it's, you know, right now, but it, it's what I love to do. And I have such a joy in searching out artists. and editing and coming up with ideas and working with Jeremy on things. And I I'll do this as long as we can. I, you know, Jeremy's going to have a career and do things, you know, I'm sure he'll still do things with me. I want to keep it going as long as possible. This has really been a wonderful outlet. I never thought I'd have time to do it, but I found time and it's been so rewarding. So I'm like, everybody's going to keep it going as long as I can.
0: Good. Alex, what about you? Uh,
1: Similar to Nick um, till it's not fun anymore for me. And I don't see that anywhere in the near near future. Uh, I just I love talking about music so much, and this is my outlet to do so. Mm-hmm. So as long as I need that outlet, I'm going to keep doing it. And as long as you know people keep wanting to come on and talk to me, whether it be an artist or just a friend like you, John, that wants to talk about music, as long as I can do do that, then I'm going to keep going. Whether I've got one or one
0: thousand listeners. Yeah. There you go. Um. I what what do you guys think before we get to monetization? What do you guys think about? Does it feel like everyone has podcasts now because Mm -hmm. it kind of does. And I have have a theory about this. I mean, it felt that way when I started seven years ago and now it feels that way even more. And I've come to the conclusion that I think podcasts are going to become just one more piece of our social media footprint. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, I've got my Facebook page. I've got my Instagram. I've got my podcast. I'm on Twitter. I've got this and that. And it's just one more thing. And um, some, I think, as I was stating earlier, this is, I liken it to a lot of the guests I have that they're musicians and their form of expression is their music. My creative form of expression is the podcast. That's my outlet for a lot of my creative impulses. It's, I can't play music. I don't, I can write, but no one would care about it but I can do the, I can do the podcast. That's my, that's the way I get my little creative juices out. And, um, you know, I don't know anyone who's going to listen to mine instead of listening to Robert plants, but that's the way it goes. They're just, it's just going to be one more piece of our social media footprint. So talk about monetization, Alex, did you, um, how do you go about, do you, what have you heard about it? What are your, you hope to get there one day? What do you think?
1: I've heard bits and pieces about it and I'm I'm going to tell all of you right now. Uh, John does this. I work in music publishing and I I will admit I do play music on my podcast and I'm very wary of getting into that because it gets into that gray area of are you using the music to, you know, like promote your podcast or is it just kind of there to like be in context of what you're talking about? It's a very gray area. Music I could go on down a whole rabbit hole of music copyright law is archaic and needs to be updated but the industry is too scared to change Mm -hmm. and but that's kind of why i haven't touched that yet and honestly i'm fine with not doing it at this point mainly because it's not my job uh i do this once once a month uh i know that there are people that do that there are people that have patreons and and stuff like that and if they want to get into it or have ads on their podcast that's that's fine i just i know i in a way i know too much about what I do about the music publishing side of things. I'm a little too knowledgeable mm-hmm. and I just would hate to be on the bad end of some something. And right now I, I, I feel comfortable enough in saying, in saying that it's not, I'm not using the music to promote my show. I'm using my show to promote the music. Yeah, So that's why, that's why I, I wouldn't do it at this point, but Good. yeah, that's my thought. That's
0: one of the reasons why we never pl- we don't hardly ever play full songs or if we do play a full song, I talk over Most of it, because I don't want anyone to feel like to brush up against it. I figure let's play enough to whet people's appetite so they can go play the full song themselves. You know what I mean? And for context, I'm talking to people who might be obscure or they may not. Not every listener knows everything. We'll play a little bit enough for context so you know what I'm talking about. And then hopefully you'll go seek it out. Um, What about you, uh, Patrick? Do you are you in the you're on the Patreon space, too, right? No, you're not. not. I'm oh, not. It's just donations because i know you've yeah. had some you always think carly she's the best she so <laughs> yes, <supportive>. she, is. <laughs> she really is right. but anyway yeah you donated twice really nice yeah yep. so and, what's your fu- feelings on it
4: well i mean i consider this a, a hobby uh pure you know pure and simple plain and simple and um i never expected like you know i asked for you know i mentioned the paypal address at the beginning of every episode but i have no expectations so um every donation is a big and very pleasant surprise and uh you know i pay i paid for the equipment of course and the you know um, uh hosting platform and uh a couple of other things mm-hmm. and uh it's like um, a hobby you know you spend some money uh, for your hobby it's like uh, mm-hmm. buying running shoes and you know stuff like exactly. that
0: exactly i agree um when we when i first started i think the i was very careful about not going too investing in too much stuff that i was afraid would just sit around so like if i buy this really nice desk and i buy a really nice microphone I'm already so averse to technology, it gives me massive panic attacks. And I thought if I buy all this stuff and then I'm too scared to use it, I'll ju- it'll just sit there and I'll feel resentment. And so I was trying to eliminate as many barriers as I possibly could. And I thought at the time the job I had gave, cause I'm a sales rep, gave everybody a conference line. So you could have a conference call with multiple customers or people and you, were, you could record those. And I thought, well, what if I just had a guest call into my work conference line that I use for work and I record that and then we just put that file out there and I record on a phone like I would a normal now the first couple of years don't sound great but hopefully the content was good enough that it hooked some people in over time I've invested in better things but anyway yeah Patrick what were you gonna say
4: uh you never got in trouble for using work equipment for your personal uh, no. purpose okay
0: no no we one's ever said fail. anything. No, I know. Well, my, yeah, I mean, I'm no, no one's ever said anything. And even Zoom now, I mean, I use the Zoom that comes with my work. Same thing. Okay. I'm on Zoom with my customers and coworkers all day, every day. And so I just have my guests call into my Zoom and yeah. uh, do it that way. Um, nice. Mike, what about you? What's your, uh, what, what were we talking about? Oh, monetization.
3: I would like to, have make some more money just to cover costs and things like that, like to get more equipment. And I try to come up with some things is my, my wife has her own business. She does ACT prep, and she's always coming up with things to get students and do it, you know, so we're working on, we do plan next week or so for next year to get a little bit, get it up a little bit, you know, how you can promote it. Um, cause I like to make a little bit of offset more than anything else. We know it's not, you know, <laughs> you know, but, um it is a hobby like patrick said and you spend money for your hobby and i did kind of the same thing with you i didn't want to invest a lot of money into things that we, we weren't going to do it you know now yep, yep. we are using it we can invest maybe a little bit more into it um i did uh, when alex talks about the music playing the music on your podcast you know, that was a concern of mine at first um using you know but again like like you john and what you know, Pat Francis does and we play a small bit of it. Um I did like my when I first started out, our opening theme was the Rockestra theme from Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm-hmm. And I and I loved it. And Jeremy goes, what if we get caught? I said, if Paul McCartney actually writes me a letter, I made <laughs> yeah.
1: well, the, well I am gonna share I'm gonna share my, my argument real quick that I, I, I've come up with using music for context. If someone really wants cause because the argument that I feel like a copyright lawyer would you you would use is be like, well, they could they could get the sound recording from your podcast without paying for it. Like if they took the time to actually edit the song, download my podcast, and edit the song or the clip of the song out of my podcast to listen to it, mm-hmm. God bless them, because <laughs> right. because at that point would not it just be easier to go buy or stream the right. song?
0: Right.
1: Just right.
3: And so at right. I- that point, would we? We had, I wasn't even thinking, we had Lawrence Juber on from Paul McCartney and Wings, the last, amazing interview, but I started playing that song, we hit our thing, started playing it, you know, and he was there, we were playing it, and i oh, shit, you know, <laughs> he goes, and he's laughing, and I said, that sounds familiar i bet you
1: know (laughs) he
3: actually said i'm surprised more people haven't used that song in stadiums and things but he did say that there was a french soccer team that used that song Mm. the rock theme is one of their Fight songs or whatever.
0: Patrick's <laughs> antenna just popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah.
3: So that's the
4: to lose team. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs>
4: to lose.
0: <laughs> sorry, I didn't resist. Really so um, Yeah, and my thinking too, especially when I first started, which I don't play full songs very often. But I thought, well, if they're I hear them played on podcasts much bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. If they haven't gone and shut down pods and sods or uh decibel week or whatever, <laughs> yeah. then they're not going to come after me. And, uh, but I still try to be sensitive to that. Anyway, Nick, what about you? Have you thought about uh, monetization?
2: I have. I mean, that's a goal for next year. Uh, part of it, I think, is you have to have like established listenership, right? And it's really a weird situation because people are downloading our podcast for free, but it's another to kind of hopefully have them Contribute. And when I say contribute, I mean, you're not going to like make money off of that. I think all four of us could agree or five of us could agree that you're not going to like exactly like quit your day job. This is more like to pay off the production costs, the platform subscription and stuff like that. Like if you could break even on that, then like anything else is gravy. But, you know, that is something I've been considering is maybe do a monetization next year. But I want to wait at least six months mm-hmm. before I do that, because I think you have to have like a presence and people are like, OK, if I'm going to like donate to this podcast, they're going to like actually stick around. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the tricky area. almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I heard early. This was a few years ago. Um, I, and I don't know if this is still true. I heard that in order to even start being considered for commercials or whatever, in a podcast, you have to have at least 10,000 unique listeners every time. And even those, like, I always think, I don't know if you guys know stuck in the eighties. Yeah. I listen to stuck in the eighties. a lot. good guys. They've been doing it for years. And I think they do have about that many and they started getting some advertisements, but it's not, it's still not enough to live off of, or it's a, couple hundred bucks, you know what I mean? And that's for 10,000 listeners. And so I thought, well, you really have to have a lot of listeners in order to make enough money that you could quit your job and have this be it, you know? And um, it's funny, a lot of people had suggested that I start Patreon for years. And I just thought, I really don't want, I can't imagine asking listeners for money. That feels so strange to me. But what happened was a couple of years ago, one of my favorite UK Britpop bands of the 90s, 2000s, is called Embrace. And um, they've been on the show and then they put out a their, their, couple of their albums on vinyl. And I thought, well, let's have them come back on and do a deep dive because I love them. They weren't able to do that, but they mailed me copies of their two albums these two albums on vinyl. And as most people know, I don't collect vinyl. And so I had no need for these, but I wanted them to go to a really good home. I didn't want to sell them on Amazon or something. I didn't want these people who just gave me this great record to see my name, like selling what they just gave me on Amazon or eBay or something like that. So I thought, well, hopefully I could mail these to one of my listeners, but it is so expensive, you know? And uh, I thought, well, maybe I could, maybe I'll start a Patreon just so that I could use that money to offset the cost of postage to mail people gifts. And if I can get my hands on more swag more often then it may, then they hopefully feel like it's worth it, you know, to, to donate here and there. I'm still not very good at getting a lot of swag, but thankfully we've got, and it's not much. I mean, it's a couple hundred bucks a month and I split it 50 50 with Yan. So it's just enough to offset the costs like we've said, or pay for the postage or put a, you know, Buy a sandwich for a job well done. What were you going to say, Mike? Hold on, Alex.
3: Okay, I'm sorry. Um, the one the of the best success story I've seen in podcast. And again, he was a radio personality. And the reason I got even know what a podcast is and really got into pod listening to podcasts is so Steve Dahl is a Chicago radio icon. He was a disco demolition, you know, and he had huge. And he got let go in the early 2000s, you know. And he started doing a podcast from his home, which I started listening to in 2010. And I really, because it was you know, and he's very much a radio. he always been just kind of talking about his wife, and it's all. been there's no format to it. It's always been that way, and it's it's fun, and I really enjoy it. And so then, after a year, he started a subscription service for his podcast, and I joined ten dollars a month. And he's done it for eleven years now, and he's got. 12,000 subscribers that pay him $11 oh, yeah. a month. and I recently just got out because I got so busy. I wasn't listening, uh-huh. you know, and, but he's kind of the person where I discontinued and he would tell, he's like, are you okay? Did I, did I do say something wrong? And he actually emailed me and I told him, I said, no, I'll let you know that I am yeah. doing my podcast now and I'm going to try to divert some money here. I just yeah. haven't had, to thank you for 10 years. I've really yeah. enjoyed But actually, he actually, you know, sent me a personal email Wow. But you got 10,000 to 12,000 listeners that pay him $11 a month. Like it's wow. just amazing, you know.
0: I mean, that's but, the dream, but I think we're all a long way off. Alex, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, I think, John, you're really
1: good at adding value to your Patreon in that like, you give the ability to your, the, your patrons to put in questions that you might ask during an interview, because like that's one of my favorite, honestly, like sections, like when you were talking to Alan Parsons and I think the song Nucleus was brought up. I forget who, who asked about that, but I thought that was cool. I was like, that's so cool. That's so cool. You just gave a little bit and you got to uh, your question of about this really obscure song got to be right on the podcast. So I yeah. think you're adding
0: value with that, too. Thanks. Um, this week's guest. Great- What's that?
3: Go think ahead, think Michael. You did a great job of that interview. And uh, having to not talk about Abbey Road and Dark (laughs) 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 talk
0: about
3: it was awesome.
0: Well, thank you. That one, um, that was a tough one. Because, uh, well, first and foremost, I'll I'll give a little teaser. Our guest this week is somebody that Nick contributed a couple of questions to. So thank you, Nick, for Mm -hmm. that. You'll be featured heavily this Tuesday. Um, (laughs) The Alan Parsons interview. So originally, I've been trying to get him for years. And his wife told me a couple of years ago. Yeah. Why not? Let's just do this. This was after like 10 other emails where I got turned down. She finally said yes. And then lockdown happened. And I'm thinking she'll have, he'll have more time. And then I still never heard from him again. I finally saw that he was going to put out this live album. So I tried again. They said, yes. And they said, you can have 30 minutes. And I'm thinking we've been emailing for like three years. Can you please, have I not earned the right to have an hour? Don't give me 30 minutes. Well, 30 minutes. So we get on and before I get, now I should, I should say, he specifically didn't say, don't ask me about the Beatles and Pink Floyd. John Montagna, who's a friend of mine who worked, used to tour with him said, let me give you some advice. Don't ask him about the Beatles and Pink Floyd. Everybody does that and it drives him nuts. So when Alan got on the call and I said, okay, I understand we only have 30 minutes in here. And he's like, well, we'll see. And he kind of left it like, if I like you, I'll give you a little bit more time. <laughs> and uh, so that, and he, he was not super warm or forthcoming. It was a little boring and I was trying to pull, I was trying to connect with him, but not, I was so worried about asking the wrong question that he's going to like, all right, that's the end of our time. You asked about Pink Floyd and you, and I hate that. And so let's cut it off right here. And so I was trying my best to connect with this guy and I just couldn't connect that deeply but anyway he really well.
3: I think he did. You.
0: yeah I thought I, I didn't I wouldn't say it was boring at all I was oh, good. I was
1: I was entrenched because I've been trying to get him myself since uh since I, he was one of my initial wants when I started the podcast because I think I think the secret had just come out uh around that time and I, w- I was like I want to have him on because he's yeah, I love Alan Barson
0: so yeah well good thanks for saying that I've really mixed feelings about that one um, but
3: anyway, big fear you had, you had just in your recent podcast, you had one of my other worst fears is that the recording didn't work and you got Tony K to come on. I, every time I do an episode, and I'm paranoid about this kind of stuff, I'm saving it and I'm throwing it on a cloud now. I don't think I'm always afraid I'm going to come back and it's not going to be there. I have nightmares about that at a time. And, and I, I, so I feel so much, I feel bad, I feel for you, but I'm so happy that he came back. i like, I could never call this guy back and say, let's do this
0: again. It's the worst feeling. So a few years ago, I don't know what happened, but it would only, only my side of a recording of the conversation would record. The other persons didn't. And uh, it happened a few times. And so I started, I've been in the habit of running a test to make sure that uh, before we start that I'm recording properly. And I ran that test before I, he even hopped on and it was working. So we did the interview, but then it was his side that didn't record, not mine. And I didn't know that that was going to happen. That's never happened before. And I don't know how you would even test for that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I waited a little while to ask him to come back. I sort of pretended that I didn't notice for a month and a half when really I noticed the second we got off the phone. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, um, Thankfully he had come back and I tried to recreate the spontaneity and the magic, but I was for days leading up, I would call somebody and test it out like my wife or my daughter. Okay. Talk to me for a few minutes. I'm recording. Okay. Wait a minute. I got to listen back to our recording. Okay. We're both on here, Good. it seems to be working. And I did that like every day for a week leading up to that last interview. It's the worst feeling in the world. Um, anyway. Okay. Well guys, this was, uh, I don't know. Is there anything? Yes, Patrick.
4: I have a question. Yes. Um you don't you guys don't have to answer this, but is there an episode that you didn't publish for any reason? Either it wasn't good or you had tech problems, or you know, Nick? Yeah. Okay, so there was
2: one episode where the content was great, and you all through three of you probably know the episode where the guest was so incredible, but my mic was the gain was too high. And that's your, my worst fear. And that's what I got in the habit of doing audio tests every time Like go on. I'll go on like a half hour before I'll play with it. I'll make sure it works, but I will publish them. Or then, but then there's some where you record it and then mine is bi-weekly. So you can kind of get away with sometimes not because I don't know how the weekly people do it. I would like go crazy, especially if you're editing and uh, doing the hosting like it, it's a lot so when you do it bi-weekly it, you have the advantage of like okay i could just let it sit and that happens sometimes where mm-hmm. you you hear guests that meander like you ask them a question and then it's like 30 minutes later and you're like okay i gotta like narrow this i have
0: thing. one of those coming up by the way i asked my first <laughs> question I'm, i asked my first question and i don't think i talked again for about 45 minutes is this where i'm telling us you interviewed ian anderson again no, <laughs> I gave up on Ian Anderson three times. I it's I'm not gonna do it anymore. But yeah, yep.
3: the only episode we had we had we had a band a, a duo out of uh, California, Common Allies, and like beautiful harmony singers. And that's the mistake of that we just insert songs out. because they were gonna try to perform their songs in their apartment live, and we're recording this and. It, their their internet was so bad that it sounded so bad when it was done. I called and apologized we're, we're gonna try to do it again. we just have not with the schedule and I felt so bad because they were performing it sounded great when we were here but when it was recording it was just garbled and I'm like I shouldn't have done it that way. I should have just inserted their music but they wanted to perform live and what do you say and they're amazing singers you know and so that was one that we didn't use yet. We're trying to do that was what I felt bad about but that's luckily the only one.
0: Alex, that's the, do you have anything like I, oh go
2: ahead, Nick? I was gonna say that's the fear too, is that like you can't control the other person's microphone. Right. Like, you don't know if they're using a microphone. So that's the expectation, too. I assume they don't have microphones. So I always tell them like you gotta have at least headphones on, you gotta have earbuds, yeah. you have something, but it's like sometimes you'll you'll talk and you'll think, okay, when well, fine. Then when you hear it back, you're like, Oh, I gotta change this and that. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, like you have control, but you really don't either mm-hmm. so it's like you, you know what i mean so it's like, like all the elements have
0: to come into and have to work at once
2: that's why when people have their stuff you're like oh i love yeah. you and then sometimes yeah. it's like oh my god i need a, a yeah. beer or two
0: for sure yeah. I, I was, mike
2: go
3: ahead real quick. mike's real quick Mike skill from the romantics was on a couple of weeks uh, ago mm-hmm. he was good but he started to say, well, he had his guitar, his like unplugged electric guitar. And he's like, When I wrote this song, I played the chord this way, this way, where you we could I mean, it came better, it did come out across me, but I was really nervous and like and I didn't want to tell him. I really can't hear that. He really yeah. was excited to show me the different chord configurations to what I like about you. Or you know, but it's like, oh I don't this is gonna come through very well.
1: Yeah,
0: it's gonna get lost. What about you, Alex?
1: I had a few this year, unfortunately. Um I went to rock and pod mm. and uh I did some interviews like in the big room with everybody and I ended up having to scrap a lot of those. Cause this was like my first time recording something outside of a zoom call mm-hmm. or, or like a phone call. It was my first time doing like in-person interviews. And a lot of those, um, the room just had too many people talking and the person who I thought was speaking directly into the mic either wasn't or like just wasn't speaking loud enough. Like I had to scrap an interview with Tora. Tora I did that day. I had to scrap my interview with Jax Hollow. I had to, I, I don't remember. I might have scrapped my Rick Fox interview. I don't. I don't know. I, I did something with Brad Page that day that ended up just kind of sounding terrible. But I was able to do something with him a, a while ago. That's one of my upcoming episode spoilers. An episode with Brad. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. But yeah, I've had to, I've had to scrap a few.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. We I we have put out everything. Um, everything that could be fixed, we fixed. Uh, there mm-hmm. have been, as I said, like the Tony K one. That's happened. Maybe half a dozen times and the there was one where the very first time it happened was with the guitarist for the trash can sinatra one of my favorite bands ever and i went back in and re-recorded myself asking questions and oh, wow. um which it didn't come off very natural you know it was fine but he wasn't he, i love him but he wasn't that interesting of a guest in the first place so it's a uh, now I just asked them to come back and apologize up and down. And thankfully, so many of these people have spent so long, so many hours of their life in a studio where the, the perfect recording got lost or erased or deleted or somebody didn't hit record or whatever. They're used to a lot of this. And so they it's not that terrible when you have to ask them to do it. But we fixed everything we could um i this i have an episode coming up soon which i've been sitting on for almost a year not for any good reason other than it's uh it's with a someone who's slightly more obscure and i just couldn't see myself saying well i'm not going to run donny iris or tony k or alan parsons because i'm going to run this obscure guy instead you know so anyway um all right well i think uh is there any last word about podcasting that anyone wants to say to the to their, yeah, Nick's got his hand right up. Tell us, Nick. I think the biggest
2: thing is networking with other podcast hosts and, yeah. and try to build those relationships and not only to ask them to be on our shows, but also to be guests on their show. So I think working in that network is so important in so many ways. So I think that's the advice that I would give is try to, I mean, go with like who you know, but also like, you never know.
0: Yeah. 100% agree with you on that. That is probably the best thing you can do better than even than a lot of the times having the guest uh, share your episode is if you go on someone else's podcast and you make a good impression with them, their listeners find you. And as you know, I think we share a lot of the same listeners. It's because they trust this community, this network of people and they like us. So they give us each chance. Alex, what were you going to say?
1: I was just going to say, like, similar to the point of earlier that I said, just don't be afraid to reach out, reach out to your fellow podcasters. And because they're not they're not going to be like, it's not like a, a thing like where they're, they're going to act like they're cooler than you. Like most of the people, like yeah, I said, I've been, I've been in this community has been have been great. So I yeah, that, that little fear I had at the beginning was it was stupid. It just comes from a comes from a plate, pl- a place of maybe not being so confident. But yeah, you, most of you guys are pretty are pretty cool. So get out there and talk to people. Yeah. like yeah. I said. Mike, I got, a I got, word. uh,
3: John, but what is the name of your podcast, Alex?
1: Sly Dog Music Cast.
3: Okay. Sly yeah. Dog Music You,
0: yeah, Mike, okay. and Alex, mm-hmm. your podcasts are the most similar. It's, yeah, uh, I to connect with you. I'll try to connect with you. So I'm retro <laughs> oh, around, I'm on
3: Facebook. Are you on yeah. Facebook? I'll, yeah. I really yeah. want to connect with you because, you know, you know, because I did, you're the one I didn't know, but it sounds yeah. fantastic.
0: So yeah, <laughs> thank you. You two are very similar. So anyway, Patrick, last word.
4: Well, uh, guys, if you're curious about my interview with John, it is episode 13, lucky 13 of the double ETF podcast. So check it out. And uh, yeah, um, Alex, what you said is uh, right on. It's all about the community pretty much. And that's the main aspect of, uh, of why we do this pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, thank you again for the invitation, John. Yes. yeah. So you. This. Thank uh, you. Thank you, John.
0: Very nice. Well, I, I, Wanted to give back to all four of you because I really appreciate and respect all of you and you've been kind to me. And this is the best way I know of to pay it back. And so thanks to all of you for the good work you put out there. I hope you have all, I hope everybody finds a couple more listeners through all this, or even if they don't, if it refueled your tank, deciding that podcasting is still worth your time and attention because it's fun, because you get to do stuff like this, what then that's that's great too. Whatever it needed to kind of keep you guys going. All right.
3: Thank you so much, Jeff. Doing Thank this. you. So All much. Good evening.